Welcome to the Teachers Matter podcast, where we share stories, strategies, and wisdom to inspire your teaching and enhance your life. We'll go beyond the theory by sharing tips, tools, and actions that will help you to create a positive difference in your life at home and school. With your hosts, Karen Tui Boys and Megan Gallagher. Hi, and welcome back to the Teachers Matter podcast. I'm Karen Tui Boys from Spectrum Education, and I am a champion for lifelong learning. Kia ora, I'm Megan Gallagher. I'm a teacher, a coach, a writer. And I am really passionate about teacher well-being and us being the best that we can be in the classroom. So today we're going to be talking about routines and rituals because they make a big difference to how our classroom day runs and how actually how we feel in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I love this idea of rituals and routines because rituals create longevity. Mm -hmm. They uh, create a safe space and a belonging in a classroom for students to feel like this is what happens around here. This is how we do it around here, which gives us that safety rather than not knowing from minute to minute, day to day, what's going to happen. Absolutely. And it's really important. Like it's a, it's a biological imperative that we feel safe. If we don't feel safe, we can't learn. So it's really, really helpful for us to create a good learning environment to have those routines and rituals. Mm -hmm. And those structures in place. So we're going to share some strategies and structures and ideas today for you. But before we get into that, there are, there's, a, there's a series of steps when you're putting a ritual into place because they don't happen overnight. They don't happen with one teaching. It happen, it, a ritual happens or is embedded when it happens over and over and over again. So the first thing is to decide. Decide what are your rituals and routines going to be in your classroom environment. And even if you listen to this halfway through the year or at the beginning of the year or even at the end of the year, it's not too late. You can still start to decide this is what I want for the rest of this term or the rest of this year. So first thing, decide. Second, you're going to teach it explicitly. So you might demonstrate it. You might get someone to demonstrate it. Uh, the students to demonstrate it but you're going to teach it explicitly and let them uh, then practice so you're going to get them to practice then you're going to give some feedback what was that like what what, what could we get better at that what do we need to do then you practice again and then you keep going around that practice feedback practice feedback until you get it the way you want and then you celebrate and go yay we've done this it's so really important to have the celebration Absolutely, because it's like, yay, here's a ritual we've put in place. Uh, now, this, um, I, let me give you an example. I had a teacher who wanted her children to do sustained silent reading after the lunchtime break. And she, what she did was she said to the students, right, we're going to have sustained silent reading. So I'm going to time you. So the, she told them what they're going to do. I'm going to time you. We're going to see if we can get to 10 minutes. And so they, for the first, first day, they all got their books and they all sat down. And within one minute somebody started kicking somebody else's chair. So she just stopped and went, that's it. We stopped. Why did we stop? So here's the feedback, right? Because someone was kicking somebody's chair and it was annoying them and therefore they couldn't read. And it's like, okay, we'll start again tomorrow. So next day, they put the routine in place and started the routine again. And uh, they got to a minute and a half and one, one child had run out of books. So they started wandering around the classroom. She's like, stop. We got to 90 seconds this time, a minute and a half. Why, are we why have I stopped? And I went, oh, so-and-so didn't have any books and I'm, I'm just about to run out too. Okay, what do we need to do? Well, we need to get more books to make sure we can sustain ourselves through that 10 minutes. 
maybe they were at the end of the book and they, you know, they just had a little bit to finish. So they had to think through. Uh, and then the next day they did it again and again and again. And the teacher, every time something didn't ha happen the way it needed to happen, she'd just stop, they'd give some feedback and they'd practice. And then finally they could do 10 minutes. And it was a huge celebration. And the children had been trained. I don't know if you necessarily like that word, but the children knew exactly what they needed to do uh, to be able to have sustained silent reading. And that comes down to expectations. It's really, really hard to meet expectations when you don't know what they are, mm. when you don't know what they feel like, or what they look like. Mm. And so that's part of us, our job as teachers, I think, to make those expectations really explicit. Yes. And, and when it's not working, just to stop it, give the feedback, and then practice it again. Yeah. Yes. So there are lots of different things you can do to put in rituals and routines or different kinds of rituals and routines. So let's start with the start of the day. What's, what are some of the things we might do at the start of the day as a ritual or a routine? Um, one of the first things is how do you greet your students? You know, when they come into your classroom, what is it that you do? So if it's the start of a school day and the bell hasn't rung yet, so you've got people coming in and, and dribs and drabs, if that's how it works in your school, then, you know, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be? How are you going to be present in that time? Will you be in your classroom or not at all? And I have to say, I think things go much better when I'm in the classroom to greet everybody and we're sort of just getting into our zone and having those conversations in the morning. It's, it goes far better than if I'm not there. Regardless of whether the students come in en masse or in dribs and drabs, I think how we greet them is, is really important. You know, saying a genuine good morning or hello, using their names, mm. and please use them correctly. If you don't know, ask them to teach you how to say their name correctly. It might take you time to learn, and that's okay because you're a learner, but it's acknowledging that you need to learn because you want to honour them and their name because their name is really special to them, and they're an important part of our classroom community, so we want to honour their name. That's part of that belonging. And the other thing is to smile, <laughs> to look like you're happy to see them. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than somebody, you know, you rock on into somewhere and somebody looks and goes, oh, it's you. It feels really awful. You know, we want them to be feeling like we're excited to see them, that we're pleased they're there. Even, I just want to point out, even if it's, you say it in a sarcastic way, be very careful with sarcasm mm -hmm. because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's true and what's not true. It's true. And so even if the child who knows you're being sarcastic to them, there'll be someone else in the room who doesn't know. And someone you go, oh, you're here, then it might not affect that child, but the other children are going, oh, they don't like that one. Or they will come mm. up with something. So try and avoid sarcasm in the classroom, please. My mum always said sarcasm is the lowest form of wit. Um, I used to say something back to her at the time, but so now that I'm a grown up, <laughs> I kind of get it. And yes. It does make sense. Yeah. So what about the late arrivals? What about the students who come in late? What can we... No, because it's easy to say, oh, you know, you're 10 minutes late or thanks for showing up or in a sarcastic way. So I think ideas. it's about how we teach, teach everybody to operate. So in my classroom in the mornings, we have a morning meeting. So everybody's sitting on the mat. I've got students who lead the meeting so that I can support them or I can talk to parents who need to have a conversation or I can then greet the, the late arrivals. And so we just have the system now. And it took a, it took a, number of weeks to get into place we are everybody's sitting here we're listening to our class captains lead the meeting we're responding in the meeting if you come in late you just come in and join in you join in the meeting and when it, there is a gap I will I will say hey it's lovely to see you 
Thanks for coming in quietly. I often will acknowledge them with a little smile, a wee wink, a little indication to come to the mat so that we can do it in a way that doesn't disturb anybody else. It keeps things flowing. And then if I need to have a conversation about why they were late, then we can have that conversation when we finish our morning meeting and we go off to do our, um, we have a, a, a paired conversation time. So when they go off to do that, I can just quietly have a wee word and say, hey, we were wondering where you were. Is everything okay? Mm. I think also, uh, you know, those children who are often late, it's not their fault sometimes. No. Sometimes it is. But often if it's their parents bringing them to school, then uh, or the bus was genuinely late or they missed it because of somebody else, it's not always the child's fault. So I, I love the phrase when a student comes in late just to simply say, I'm glad you're here today and just acknowledge in a positive way and not even uh, mention that they're late or just say, hey, I'm glad you're here today, jump into the learning or whatever it is. So yeah. nice way to do that. And, mm. and it's about affirming them as a person. Yes. And, and if we come from a place of kindness, even if it's frustrating, we get better, we get better feedback and things go better for us if we mm. do so. Mm. Meg, I know that you have a class motto in your classroom. So would you like to share that? Well, we've got two little things. So we have a class motto, which is, we call ourselves Room 5, the place to stretch and grow. So when you come into Room 5, you don't do easy things all the time. If you're doing easy things, then I'm not doing my job and I have to apologise and I have to sort myself out. And so we know that things will be hard at times and it should be. So that's one of the one of the things that we have in our classroom. And we have the motto that I got from Karen, which is you have to go through hard to get to easy. That's up on the wall. We unpack it, we talk about it, we share it with the parents so everybody understands that's what we're doing. And then we, I went to another Teachers Matter conference a number of years ago where Adrian Rennie was talking about how he constructs the class rules or the way we do things around here. And it wasn't about you shouldn't do this or you should do that. It was just basically about this is what we do. And I put it into a poem. So in, in the classroom with my students, the former students from the, the year before, when we do class swap, they come in and they share the poem. They give the poem to my new class. And then my new class shares nice. this poem with anybody who comes in. So we have to learn it first. We have to unpack what it means. And then anybody who comes in, any visitors, any visiting teachers, any other students, we, we welcome them with this poem. So it goes like this. Welcome to Room 5, the place to stretch and grow. Working together, we stretch and learning flows. Self-belief, self-belief, we know we can improve. Talking to learn, talking to learn, and listening to learn too. Resilience, resilience, we try and try again. Excellence, excellence, aim high, we do our best. Talented, talented, there's so much that we can do. Care and respect, showing kindness to me and you. Honesty, honesty, every single day. Together we stretch and grow in so many ways. And so we learn that, we practice it. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Just want people to acknowledge that, how amazing that is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds much better when I've got 25 other people doing it with me. But it's a really lovely way to say this is who we are, this is how we do things in Room 5. And then if somebody makes a mistake or does something wrong, maybe they tell a lie, then we can go back and we say, is that how we operate in room five? Is telling lies part of who we are as room five students? Is this what we do in the place to stretch and grow? And then they can go, no, because we're all about honesty in here, which is, a, it's a, because it's H, I would have had integrity if it wasn't, but it makes, this, it makes the word stretch, you see. Oh, um, right. And so 
we've got we've got that as a frame of reference but it's not thou shalt not mm. it's actually this is just what we do mm, i love that because that's that's how a ritual and routine happens it's like you see so practice and practice and it's just that this is the, what happens around here this is how we do it. Now, if you're in a secondary classroom, you, you're not going to have your children all day. You might only have them for 40 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe 90-minute blocks. And so, but still, think about how you're going to start. How are you going to do these little things to create that belonging in your classroom? So it might be a, a one-minute thing that you do at the beginning. It might be, a, you could have a school motto, and I've seen this happen in schools, in secondary schools, where the students just uh, do a little karakia or a prayer at the beginning, and that reinforces what is going to happen in, in this classroom and about their learning. And I've seen in some secondary classes where students come in and there's a one or two minute sort of, it's kind of a downloading session. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a key question sitting up there that's to, to engage them and they come in and the expectation is that they can, they have a conversation with people around them. So they're not expected to come in and immediately be silent and switch from having mm -hmm. done German five minutes ago now to be doing maths they actually come in, they've got a debrief time, they've got time just to, refo to focus on what we're doing here, and then the teacher starts the lesson. Mm. And it might have been in a secondary school that you already have something on the board that they automatically get to start with. Maybe it's a, uh, a joke or a, mm. a puzzle, a, a thinking puzzle. that. Yeah. So they come in to your classroom and they immediately get on with that and you that first two, three minutes is that buffer time before you launch into, yeah. Another thing uh, to think about as a teacher is to, how are you going to signal for attention? There are, there are hundreds of ways to do this, but having a ritual or a routine, there's the uh, one I see all around the world where the teacher just raises their hand and the students then raise theirs and they're all just, yeah, quiet. We do have to teach them that, when the hand's raised, that means the mouth is closed, <laughs> which is what you just indicated, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, because there is a difference. Uh, I remember Art Costa talking about uh, students uh, said that the teacher said that they'd flick the light switch. And when the lights flicked, they were to be quiet uh, and so that they could hear a pin drop. And uh, the teacher flicked the lights and it was silence. And then uh, the teacher dropped the pin and then, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. <laughs> I know, but then we're quiet. So uh, I had to rethink that strategy slightly. <laughs> I loved that. So what else are you going to do to signal for attention? There's the... So there's that one. Uh, what do you use? So I have two or three different strategies, depending on what I'm needing. One of the ones that I use is when I want everybody to come to wherever I am in the classroom, because we work in lots of different places, depending on what I'm doing, I'll actually use a song. So I, it's an old song called Hello Baby, and I just start singing it. So it's Hello Baby, Hello Baby, and, and the children respond as they start to hear it. And while they're responding, they're expected to leave everything where it is and just come immediately to me, or sort of immediately. They've got until the end of the song to get there because for some people, they just need to finish that mm, last yes. thing before they move. And if I really want their attention, sometimes I need to honour that, give them that wee space just to finish that. The song takes about 30 seconds. And then once we're all settled, I can say, okay, so I needed everybody here because I need to show you how to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And so then I use that. And then other times I'll use the clap. I don't like the clap so much because it's quite a loud. Sometimes for some of our students, it's an aggressive sounding sound. 
So I tend not to use that. Sometimes I will just quietly call people with the waved hand or I use a call and response. There are many other strategies. I love the idea of being able to say, in a moment, but not quite yet, I'm going to ask you to finish up. Or you've got one more minute. Please begin to finish up. Please finish up and please pause where you're at. And that, again, is what you're saying is like giving students time to finish the thought, the process that they're on rather than boom, stop because that's just very jarring Um, or it might be in a really noisy environment. I'll say, if you can hear my voice clap once, if you can hear my voice clap twice, if you can hear my voice, please clap three times. And in a really noisy environment, I might have to do it again. But what (laughs) happens is just the people just close to me will clap and then the people around and it's like this ripple effect in the classroom just to get their attention for a moment. So if it's a really noisy environment, that's another way to do it. And and there's another one where you can do like a clapping pattern. So you go knees. And then as people start to notice and they start to join in, then we get smaller and smaller. Oops, just lost my hearing. And then we get... Quieter and quieter oh, and quieter. And then oh, I'm not even doing this. Yeah. Which nice. is fantastic. Nice, yeah. So we could we could talk for hours about different <laughs> routines and rituals, but let's go to the end of the day or the end of the lesson. Because how they leave your classroom is also really important. One of the rituals I always had was beginning, sorry, at the end of the lesson, uh, at the beginning of the end, I was going to say. Uh, at the beginning of the end, so that five-minute buffer to the end, I would uh, have students come together and we would talk about what have we learned? What have we covered today? Did you know that the number one question parents ask their children when they come home from school is, what did you do at school today? Or what did you learn at school? Now, I've worked in 21 different countries physically and the number one response students say is, nothing. It's the same curriculum <laughs> All the way around the world, kids do nothing at school. Well, we know that's not true. But what we want them to do is to think about what did they learn in our lesson today? What did they learn in our class? What have they done? And so that when they leave the classroom and somebody says, what did you do? What did you learn? Then they go, oh, it's what's right on top so that it's easier for them to remember and recall. Absolutely. And I laughed when you said that because I taught my own son. And he would sometimes say that at the dinner table when his father asked. And I'm like, dude. I was there all day. We were really busy. <laughs> he did nothing. And he, and he didn't do anything. I don't, I don't know how that happened because I'm pretty sure he did do stuff. So, yeah, that, that, that recapping is really important. And also leaving with things resolved, I think, is really mm. useful. So I got this strategy from a blog post somewhere, and I can't acknowledge who, who wrote it because I don't know who it was. I just read it and went, oh, my gosh, that's gold, and put it into place. And it's called Triple A's. So at the end of the day, after we've finished packing up and we've talked about what we've been learning, we sit in a big circle and we just go around the circle and people get to share a triple A. And a triple A is something they, an aha that they've had. So that might be uh, something new they've learned, something they've found out, something they appreciate. So that's really honing in on that gratitude thing, which I think is really important. And it always makes us feel good when we talk about things that we've grateful for. Or an apology. So if there's something that's Mm. happened during the day that they want to put to rest, they want to make right before they leave, then here's a space they can apologise. And then we can practise the art of of accepting apologies and things like that as well. And what I really like about that is 
that we get a good range of things. Usually it's the appreciate because that's the stuff that they're talking about what's been good about today. But we get to leave feeling like things are resolved as well. Can I just uh, clarify? So they just choose one of those A's? Yeah, unless I've got time. I'm, okay. te- I'm terrible for just getting into the flow of things and then looking at the clock and going, oh, my goodness, the classroom looks like a bomb site and we really need to clean up and we've got our triple A's to do. So when we've got time, I like to do an, a whole class appreciate and then offer to anybody else who's got an aha or an apology that wants okay. to make. That's when things are going really well. I really like that. I love that idea of being able to complete the day with resolving anything that needs to be resolved because there's nothing worse than leaving and feeling like, oh, I could have, should have, I really, you know, that uncomfortable feeling, but having that opportunity is great. Absolutely. And it also um, reduces stress for parents at home as well because if a child's gone home and they've still got some mm-hmm. big unresolved stuff in there, then something that's relatively small or could be easily dealt with mm. becomes much, much bigger for them and for their family mm. and then for me. Now, one that I've absolutely loved, and this could be a start of the day or the end of the day, depending on how your students come into the classroom or how they leave your classroom, is the, the hug, the handshake or the high five. Absolutely. In uh, post-COVID times, you might have to Elbows. try this. Elbows, so thumbs up. Thumbs up. And what else do we do? An ankle tap, mm-hmm. like a nice ankle tap, not tripping people over. <laughs> um, you know, just tapping each other's ankles or knees. And so the, the beauty of this is it's actually about that final connection point. Mm. Because, you know, some days in a classroom, and particularly if you've only got them for, for a short time, we may not get a chance to actually individually work mm. with everybody or acknowledge everybody as much as we'd or like connect. to. Connect. Yeah. Just don't get that connection time sometimes. Absolutely. Mm. So... I put this in when I was going through a particularly difficult time in my classroom where I felt like I wasn't connecting with some students because I was spending lots of time with others. And this way it meant that I got to say goodbye to everybody in a, in a genuine way at the end of the day and, we, and I knew I'd acknowledged everybody at least once. And so we just stood at the, I stand at the door, say goodbye to them, give them the hug, handshake, high five or elbow or whatever we're doing. And... I'll often say something at that time like, hey, you did some fantastic writing today. Or I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do with your art tomorrow. Or, hey, I know today's been a bit rough. I hope you have a good sleep tonight. So it's, it's that personal acknowledgement as well. Mm. And nice. like you say, that connection is so important. So we started talking about that rituals create longevity, safety and belonging. And that's so true when you do that uh, that connection at the end of the day, it's like they want to come back to your class. They, they, they feel like they're connected. And I think one of the things we, as many of you would have realised and understood during COVID times, if you were teaching in lockdown and if you're still teaching in lockdown, was that uh, the relationships and the connections you had with the students prior to that made a huge difference. Absolutely. So take a couple of ideas, put them into place, reinforce what you're doing already. Remember that it's a sequence that you need to go through the practice, give feedback, explicitly teach, and just keep, it's, it's, a, it's a journey. And you know it's a ritual and a routine when it happens without you. So that if you didn't turn up to class one day and the students just ran, the, that they know what to do. 
So uh, that happened to me once. I was half an hour late when I got into my classroom. The students had actually run the rituals and routines and actually nobody knew that I wasn't there. So uh, it was pretty scary, to, uh, but that's, uh, that's how it works. So choose something, give it a go, give us feedback. L- yes. Let us know what you're doing in the classroom, what rituals and routines you have that make your life as a teacher easier and makes better connections with your students. So thank you for listening and watching if you're watching the video cast. And we're here because what you do matters. Thank you for listening to the Teachers Matter podcast. We're eager to transform the lives of even more teachers and educators. So please remember to like and review the show wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps. And if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to have more resources and information, head on over and join us at spectrumeducation.com.